Welcome to Health Matters, Sonoma's weekly program devoted to health and well-being. Each week through interviews, editorials, and listener participation, we will explore topics and issues of contemporary medicine and its relationship to the lifestyles of our community. Our goal is to provide you with information and resources to help you achieve and maintain what you deserve, a happy, healthy, and productive life. I'm your host, Dr. Ned Hoke, a veteran in Natural Methods Healthcare, speaking with you today from Sonoma Valley, California, for an hour of health topic digestion and discussion. Please stay with us. And welcome back to Health Matters, Dr. Ned Hoke today, doctor, joined by Dr. Diana Wiley and her new book called Love in the Time of Corona. Advice from a Sex Therapist for Couples in Quarantine. Well, Diana Wiley, would you prefer to be called Dr. Wiley, or would, is Diana fine, or how, what was your preference? Let's do a compromise. Dr. Diana. Oh. <laughs> that's, all, that's also the, the name of the primary website where people can go. Right on. Uh, it's DearDrDiana.com. So Dr. Diana is good. Okay, great. The Dr. Diana, if I stumble, you, you'll correct me, or I'll try to figure Or Diana's fine too, Ned, right. or you prefer Dr. Ned. <laughs> well, whatever. No, I, 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 I... Anyway, so here we go. So, all right. So, so Dr. Diana, I mean, let's, let's start with, of course... All of our listeners are going to be, you know, right on the edge of their chair when they think about, wow, this is going to be a this is going to be a topic because, of course, so many of us have been the last three or four months. We've been in a crisis situation with regard to uh, our partners and, and all that's happened in, in, in the in the period of time that we've kind of come gotten used to being in this pandemic. Um, so I guess I don't have to ask you what got you started on the on the idea for the book. It kind of said it tells you right in the title. Uh, but so maybe we should start with talking about what a sex therapist is for our listeners who may not know what that exactly what that is. Yes. Um, most sex therapists, including myself have a master's or a, uh, a psychology degree, um, in, well, in my case, it was marriage and family therapy. So I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. And, uh, and have been for over 30 years. And uh, then I became a board-certified sex therapist by taking more courses, going to a bunch of conferences, reading things, passing another exam. So all of that uh, is, uh, combines to make me a board-certified sex therapist. And Masters and Johnson, who did their research in the 50s and 60s, pretty much created the field of sex therapy and uh, because of their research. And so I found when I was earning my 3,000 hours, because I used to live in Palo Alto, I, I see that um, you're, in, uh, you're in Northern California, right. aren't you? Yeah, in- we're in this North Base, Sonoma, uh, Sonoma Valley, basically. Yes, good. So I was in Palo Alto for years, and one, uh, so in California you had to earn 3,000 hours before you could go to Sacramento and sit for the written exam. And then there, at that time, they had an oral exam as well. Um, so one of my internships was at the VA in Menlo Park. It was an inpatient um, ward and uh, substance abuse. And 
so they asked if I would give some sex education lectures to mm-hmm. these guys. Mm-hmm. And I found that I was very comfortable doing it. And I, I part of it is that I grew up in a family where my parents gave us the facts of life and there was no shame surrounding sex. <clears throat> so uh, it gave me a good beginning. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable with the field, and that's essential uh, because when when you get a new client and they come, they they describe, oh, maybe something rather unusual or might be thought of as kinky. It's not helpful <laughs> for the therapist to say. You do what? <laughs> Egad, that is kinky, right? right? Right. Yeah, no, you don't want to do that. Right. So, this is not a place to be judgmental, and I'm not anyway. I, I, I want to hear the story. I think the best, I mean, we're trained as good listeners, to be good listeners. But um, you know what the best sex tip ever is? It's a little bit of a cliche, but the best sex tip in the world is to listen to each other. Wow. So I listen to my clients, and I encourage them to really listen to each other, too, mm-hmm. because so often sex problems are really communication problems. Mm. Well, yeah. you, and for our listeners who, who might not have already picked up, and you write in your preface here, you say, I'm a woman in my 70s. So yes, I am. So so and you in somewhere later in the in the book somewhere, I, I remember you. I think it was you or your mother or somebody asked your grandmother, "When does interest in sex stop?" And she said, "Well, I'll tell you when she was in her eighties." You know, so yeah, that was that was my mother's mother, right. and um, when I was in my late twenties, before I went to graduate school, I could talk to her easily and. Uh, and she was sexually active until, I think, actually, maybe even early 90s. Mm. She had a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good, yeah. In her retirement, her active retirement home. So, so yeah, I asked her, Grandma Helen, when does sexual desire end? And she looked at me and she said, I'll let you know. <laughs> right. So, well, and I think that that helps our listeners maybe... You know, you identified yourself in terms of your parenting and you identified yourself in terms of your training and background, and but also the guidance that you had from your own elders and in terms of your own family as well. And so the, yeah. you, you, you come on this, this topic in a, in a apparently open-handed kind of way. And, and, and at the same time, you recognize prior to the writing of this book that this, all this increased togetherness is, is both a unique opportunity, but it's also a huge challenge. So maybe stepping back from the whole topic a little bit, maybe for our ben- listeners' benefit, is you could kind of lay out, as you see it, the, the, the challenge, the nature of the challenge, a little bit about that, if you would. Well, some people who are stuck together, this forced togetherness, uh, if their relationship... Um, it's a little shaky to begin with. It's all of those things when when you're stressed become heightened. Right. So um, this is so some people start to get really critical and judgmental of their partner, and of course this is not the best time to be critical and judgmental because we're <laughs> we're we're really stressed and and. We what what 
of course, the core message of the book, Love in the Time of Corona, is to take advantage of your time in quarantine and enjoy a more sensual and sexual connection with your partner. Mm. Those could be the silver linings in this forced togetherness. Mm-hmm. Um, and then since your show uh, is entitled Health Matters, is that right? That's correct. Um I'd love to talk about some of the health benefits well, we, we, to combat stress, so we'll probably get to that. We are definitely going to be talking about that, no question about it. Um, okay. and, and, I think as, and, and I think for our listeners uh, also, you, you, in your book, you, you kind of you lean a little bit on the chemistry of it and, as well in terms of the oxytocin. So yes. just, just, just for fun, uh, for our listeners who might be benefit from having a, a, a description of what some of this this love chemistry is about. Let's let's start with a, just a just a synopsis, if you would, of the what oxytocin is and how this is so critical and how this is a, a part of your argument in terms of what you're advising couples to look at. Yes, well, oxytocin um, has been dubbed the cuddle cuddle chemical, right. the anti-divorce drug. Uh, and when you're with a partner, not so much when you're alone, but when you're with a partner um, and, and we're having sex and especially intercourse, because I, uh, I believe sex covers much more than intercourse. So, of course. So just to, yes. So the, um, the hormone is released. Uh, and it makes us feel more bonded to the person we're with. Mm-hmm. And it can also act as a natural sedative. And it increases empathy. All of that is really <laughs> good. And um, and then the other benefit of having sex with a partner, and especially intercourse, is that it includes better erectile functioning, less body fat, and reduced blood pressure spikes in reaction to stress. You know, that's the thing that's happening to lots of people these days. Mm-hmm. Lots of spikes in blood pressure. Mm-hmm. I certainly am seeing it in my practice, as, as, and I get calls all the time for people who are saying they're, you know, they're, they're having unstable angina, they have bl- their blood pressure is being uncertain, and of course just the sort of the general anxiety of the, of course a lot of, I mean I'm in, also at the same age group as you, and so a lot of yes. my a lot of my clients tend to be of a similar age, and so of course they're yes. they're they're facing these things as well. And so I I too have noticed that this is a definitely has increased uh, fairly significantly since the pandemic really expressed itself. So coming to the coming, thank you for the oxytocin thing. I, I guess I wanted to say that up front because you, as I read what you've written here, you. You justify not the word I want really exactly, but you you indicate that the that this cuddles uh, hormone that you just told us about is such a powerful player as just as you just said a moment ago in all these various physiologic uh, uh, functions. But as you but as you also d- d- describe in your book, in terms of the feelings of satisfaction, and of course one of the things that that uh, people in my profession hear so often is how people feel so unsatisfied. And so part of what we're talking about today, ladies and gentlemen, also has to do with a general feeling of satisfaction and well-being. And, and so it, even if we're not 
even if you're not active in the sexual realm or you don't necessarily want to think of what we're going to be talking about today in that way, so much of what uh, Dr. Diana talks tells us about has such a, a wide and broad uh, uh, health benefit that we're you you're going to get something out of this 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 visit today. So coming to to your book itself, you say or you you lay it out and you've got uh, uh, Wilson's ten points, so to speak. <laughs> if you if you remember the Wilson's ten ten points from the First World War, anyway. So you've got sort of a you make it simple for us. You 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 lay it right you lay it right down. And the, you've got these ten different pieces. So what I thought we might do for our list, listeners' benefit, because we naturally want them to go buy the book, of course. But at the same time, <laughs> if well, why not? You know, yeah. uh, you know. Oh, um, of course. <laughs> but but that's you know marketing. You know, if if you don't market a book, right. Nobody's going to read it, and what's the point then? Exactly. <laughs> well, and you and and you, you put your shoulder to this, and you got this out. You said you started writing in in March, as I read what you've written. That's right. And, and so you you move through this right away. So this this book is very very timely, and 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 also meant to be in this time. So we we don't want to waste any time to get people get this book in the hands of people. So coming back to the ten uh, elements uh, chapters that you lay out. What I was trying to say was I was hoping what we could do is just simply go through the 10 and ask you to sort of do a synopsis of each element so that we really give our listeners a full taste of what they'll be coming to should they choose to reach out for this book. So starting to, with the beginning, chapter one, getting to know your partner better. Talk about that if you would. Some long-term couples married a long time have the erroneous belief that they know everything about their partner. <laughs> right. <laughs> Big mistake, yeah. A big mistake. And right. so in that chapter, I suggest some simple ways to connect. Mm -hmm. and, um, and they include talking about sex and comparing likes and dislikes. But there is a deep listening exercise. I already made the point that I think that Couples would do really well to really listen to each other. Right. And to do an eye-gazing exercise. And, uh, you know, because the eyes are the windows of the soul and all that. But right. it's about, you know, two words that I've said over the many years I've been doing this work. Mm -hmm. I've said two words a lot, and that is slow down. Mm. So if you're going to take time to gaze into one another's eyes, and sometimes that's challenging for people because it's so intimate, mm -hmm. and you need to do it for about a minute or two minutes. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then I have a sex menu exercise that goes um, all the way from hugging and kissing to more advanced, but they're all kinds. You probably you have the book, and you probably saw that sex right. menu. Of course. So oh, of course. You can be the... You can you can indicate that you want to be the giver, the receiver, or maybe you would like to do it and maybe not. Mm -hmm. um, so this can launch all kinds of discussions because, you know, the truth is, uh, Dr. Ned, that um, couples don't hesitate to get books and magazines on travel and business and gardening, and they spend time discussing those subjects. 
and that's not always true with sex. Boy, it, boy, it sure isn't, and and that's of course one of the reasons I was so pleased to to get this book because, oh, uh, it, it it um, it 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 well, you you grab us by the ear, so to speak, and slow down as just comes right at at mm-hmm. you right right at the beginning, but also you you talk about how um, how it's it's going to take work. You know, and, and, and later in the, and we'll get to it, but you, you know, so many uh, people have thought that sex was just sort of the spontaneous thing that just sort of pops up. And, and you, you very convincingly lay down some pretty basic facts that this is not the way it is, either is or even should be. And so we're going to get to some more of that. But let's, let's stay with, if you would, please, we just got a couple minutes before we need to take a break. So with that two minutes that we have, I'd like you to really, uh, if you'd please, if you would, would tell us more de- more detail about the about the uh, the eye gazing and the deep listening because I think that's a very wonderful place to start. Um, the deep listening can help. It can help to have uh, a pen or something that you can label a talking stick. Right. And and you might sit next to your partner on the couch but face them knee-to-knee holding hands, making eye contact. And each person gets a couple of minutes to say what they want to say, and the person listening nods heads and so on. And then when that person is finished in a minute or two, uh, then the other person listening says back what they, they thought that they heard. Um, and then the person speaking said, yes, that you got it. You heard what I said. And then if, if, if you get that green light, then it's the other person's turn to talk. And um, so that, that can help uh, some structure. A lot of, you know, you know this, cognitive behavioral therapy has been researched a lot, and uh, it seems to be very effective. So mm-hmm. this is, it, so we've got to change the way we think, and we've got to do some, good behavior. So there's a fair amount of structure uh, to some of these things that might otherwise produce more anxiety. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and and th- thus the sex menu exercise, you know, you can talk about these various things that you might or might not want to try. And I want to, I want to come to that actually, because I, I think one of the, one of the, uh, again, one of the sort of Unusual. I'm not sure if it's usual or unusual, but one of the uh, the desirable aspects this is this business, this list, this uh, varieties of sexual behavior list. But we need to take a break. We're talking to Diana Wiley. Dr. Diana has written a wonderful new book called Love in the Time of Corona, Advice from a Sex Therapist for uh, Couples in Quarantine. So please stay with us. We'll be back with you in just a moment. And welcome back to uh, Health Matters Radio here in Sonoma, in the North Bay. Today we're talking uh, to this an author, Diana Wiley, Ph.D., Dr. Diana, and her new book called Love in the Time of Corona, Advice from a Sex Therapist for Couples in Quarantine. And give, us, give your listeners the website, if you would, please, Diana, Dr. Diana. Yes, uh, and Diana's fine, too. Okay, course. sure, sure. <laughs> we're contemporaries. <laughs> that's right, that's right. So the website yeah. is DearDrDiana.com, mm-hmm. and doctor can be D-R or spelled out. It'll get you there. Okay. And uh, so there's a, it's also, an in, it's also 
um, a, a place where people can go and read questions that people have asked mm-hmm. and my answers. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, so it's an advice kind of blog as well. But then all the information on how to get the book, it's an Amazon book. Right. So, but you, it'll guide you there to mm-hmm. the Amazon site, and it's can it's available in paperback or ebook. Oh, uh-huh, right. And it doesn't. When I looked at the number of stars that went with this, it it looked like people liked it. Yeah, um, they're all five star <laughs> reviews. Yeah, there are thirteen reviews so far. I guess last time I checked, but they're all five stars. So that that as an author, that makes me feel good. Can't complain and, about um, that. Yeah. That's right. Right. That's right. Can't, okay. can't complain about that. Okay. Now, now again, I kind of don't, I don't want to leave eye gazing without again just a description by you, so our listeners get a, again a taste of something they might even at home try begin to, to to work with. So talk about eye gazing a little bit. Just just give the simple outlines of how you do it and kind of how you think about this as being a a um, uh, an enhancement to a communication. Well, I already suggested that we, that you sit facing each other. Right, right. Um, and you can start by closing your eyes and breathing easily, fully into your belly. Mm-hmm. You know, most of us don't do enough breathing. Uh, not only when we're um, trying to combat stress, even just listening, but especially with sex, too. So you want to breathe deeply. Mm-hmm. And that can, oxygenating your body can really, really help. Mm. So then um, you breathe some more, and there's uh, there are more directions in the book, but you continue eye-gazing for a full five minutes. Um, and if you can't go that long, and some people can't, mm-hmm. um, then... Uh, but but try for that, mm-hmm. and um, when the five minutes is over, you close your eyes and breathe for a few more moments, and um, then maybe you talk about what you came up for you. And for, and, and for some people, they're yeah. gonna, they're going to experience anxiety and fear and all kinds of things are going to pop up as they as they gaze. And so, what your as I remember your book, it sort of I think it suggests. Be sure to experience and feel all the feelings that you feel. You know, don't don't resist the feelings. And you say, let the feelings express themselves on your face. Let your face show what you're true, what you're actually going through as you're as you're busy eye gazing. Do I have that right? That is exactly right. Uh, and the the other thing that's connected to this, and I see it all the time, mm-hmm. um, is that people struggle to get fully into their bodies. Mm-hmm. So, by the way, with this eye gazing and breathing, that's another way you can get into your body. It it helps with a massage, but some people just have trouble relaxing enough to enjoy what is being shared with them, either verbally or sexually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's why learning to massage and, and be massaged might help your body put down its armor. Mm. And so you need to go slowly and try, try to to make some gains. And um, uh, if we all of us have better sex when we're relaxed, mm-hmm. so that's why massaging can be so important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, one other little thing that I I don't, I don't think I've ever seen it, but I haven't read many of these kinds of books, so I, it doesn't say much. But 
you you have a comparing likes and dislikes uh, uh, few pages here, and so tell our listeners a little, little bit about how important that is, is from your perspective. Um, well, again, because we don't communicate really well about our sexual likes and dislikes, we may not know the words. We may have come from a family where sex was not discussed at all, and silence is a message, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So that's very that that can be very difficult, and one of the um, pluses of seeing a professional sex therapist um, is that um, she or he can make you feel more comfortable. And like I know all of the words, and I'm very comfortable with anything. Mm. Uh, that's that comes from a lifetime of experience and um, and uh, being extra and ha- having heard it all, so nothing's gonna right, <laughs> bother right, me. Right. But yeah, but um, so it's telling your partner what you like and don't like can, with the structure of the sex menu exercise, really can be helpful and. Um, uh, I also talk, I hope this isn't rushing you too much, but no. the second chapter, Plan Your Date Night at Home, is is what we need to do is put sex on the calendar, mm-hmm. and then when it's on the calendar, we can anticipate it and do more emotional foreplay. Mm-hmm. And emotional foreplay it has to do with compliments. Um you know, and, and saying what you really like and appreciate about your partner. Hmm. And um, and I, I, I have found that many couples don't do this, uh, especially the guys, I'm generalizing a little bit, but have trouble, and maybe even the software engineer guys especially, have trouble, <laughs> express, <laughs> having right. trouble expressing their mm-hmm. feelings. Well, what is my feeling and, or my feelings, what are they? And then expressing them. So um, to have um, a structure can be good, but um, the emotional foreplay, you know, I feel like many couples, they their relationship kind of unravels from emotional undernourishment. Mm, mm-hmm. Emotional undernourishment. Mm. Where we don't take time to really nourish the relationship. It, we got to take care of ourselves and our partner. Mm. So, uh, yeah, so yeah. with set, with your date night at home, put it on the calendar. Develop a plan. Right. Set the scene. Not only where you're going to dine. I think cooking together can be fun, especially if it, if it's an aphrodisiac menu. I just uh, you know there is not a whole lot of science about aphrodisiacs, although there's some like oysters are high in zinc and Right. Zinc is really good for the brain. That's right. Very important to sex the brain. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Everything. That's yeah. the, that's the biggest sex organ of the of the of the, of the body, actually. But yes. But yes. at any rate, so now you distinguish between two types of sexual desire. Let let's let's go there. That's also part of ch- chapter two. There. Talk a little bit about those things. Two types of sexual desire. Right. You say you have you have responsive sexual desire and spontaneous sexual desire. You, oh you, you, right. You, discrim- yeah. you discriminate, and you, and you say that, that <laughs> 75% of, of men have, um, how's it go here, um, 
they have the sp- the spontaneous kind, but but only fifteen percent, according to your book, has this uh, spontaneous sexual desire. So that's an interesting statement. Uh, but rather than wandering too far into that, um, just if if it's important at all to to discriminate between the responsive sexual desire and spontaneous, and I do think that is kind of important because the um, well, speaking as a guy, of course, um, yeah. uh, I, I'm glad to know that figure. I mean, I'm glad to know that there have been certainly plenty of times in my life when I sort of felt a drive and an excitement about a, a female companion. And boy, there, it you know, I made some gesture that made it look like I was interested. And boy, that was not the right timing. And I wasn't <coughs> listening and I wasn't listening carefully. So to know that only 15% have spontaneous sexual desire, that's very good to know for me, you know. Well, you know, Hollywood, it's a Hollywood myth uh-huh. uh, that sex is just going to happen. Right. And it really is a recipe for frustration mm-hmm. uh, because in Hollywood, people oftentimes rush into each other's arms and there's a right. spontaneous passion. Right. And uh, But, you know... Before we got, went into lockdown, I all the time would say, uh, you know, you need to schedule a date night out mm. on the town or having dinner out mm. uh, at least once every two weeks. Take turns planning it, and whoever plans it gets to initiate mm-hmm. sex later. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that we're at home... Uh, you plan the date night at home, and within that plan, just as the plan when we could go out on the town, there's a lot of room for spontaneity and fun. Mm. Mm-hmm. But it's important when you're scheduling sex like this to have clear intentions. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the anticipatory emotional foreplay. Mm. And then take time to communicate and agree on what each of you wants. Mm-hmm. What do you want from the evening together? Mm-hmm. Now, you might cook the meal and then sit down to candlelight on the table and fresh flowers. In other words, you're setting the scene for dining together. And then uh, you might later take a shower together, or if you have a big enough bathtub, a, a bath together, where there's a lot of touching mm-hmm. and... Um, I, you know, I saw my doctor recently for an annual uh, wellness exam, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm in good health. It's so nice to know that. Right. I, I partly because I have a lot of really good sex with my husband, who yeah. helped write the book, by the way. Oh, He's good. Very enlightened. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, and I give him credit in the book. Um, uh, but anyway, we we uh, the, so my doctor loved the suggestion that you bring a little bit of champagne into your bathtub. Mm-hmm. And because of the heat and the and the bubbles or the oil in the water, the contrast of pouring a little bit of the bubbly on your part, say, on your partner's breasts, mm. and the contrast is just delicious. Mm-hmm. And it encourages play. And maybe you feed each other in the bathtub, uh, um, dried fruits or nuts. Mm. We we simply need to bring more play in general, uh, and there's a whole chapter on laughter and play later in the mm-hmm. book, and maybe we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. But the uh, but so 
setting the scene, doing all of this, taking your time, bathing together, making your bedroom, uh, uh, clean sheets, pick up the clutter, (laughs) Um, pay attention to the lighting, all of those things. And then give each other a massage or a back rub because Mm -hmm. we're back to Mm -hmm. being relaxed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One of the things you say also, which I think was interesting to me, was about going on a porn fast. And I thought for, you know, for men, a lot of times uh, what they end up doing when they become uh, unable to keep their communication with their uh, partner at a a sufficiently interesting level, they they turn to porn. And you you say that this is one of the really, really uh, significant things that interfere with the kind of intimacy that you are cultivating or seeking to cultivate. And then you, you, on the other side of it, you talk about women in terms of their, uh, their situation vis-a-vis their hormones. And it's possible that sometimes their, their desire is, is, is less than vigorous in part simply because they have hormones insufficiencies. And so you advise people to really get clear on a medical basis where they are, whether both the men and the women to really to, to know where they are and to going back to the business of porn, if, 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 if the porn had been the substitute for the communication that the partner had been the male partner, or the, I don't know, perhaps the female partner had been had gone to, how this was actually an, an impediment to the, 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 benef, you know, the, the real benefits of real intimacy. So if there's anything more to say about that, uh, what, what, what well, would just, it? Yeah, the porn fast is to see, for the guy. Right. And some guys, even younger guys who watch porn with uh, regularity, right. they, they become... Uh, they have some erection difficulties. Right. They and and they're so used to a particular uh, amount of pressure with self-touch and and then and watching porn, which is not sex education. <laughs> it's right. fantasy. Right. Um, but it seems like the, the the harm is done when it's. The man watches porn in secret, mm-hmm. which is often, which is woman, often which is often the case. I mean, there's been my it's often the case. And right. the woman may then she discovers it, and then she goes, you know, wild with her thinking. Oh, my body doesn't even begin to compare with the right. porn actress's body, and they go through this. They're down a rabbit hole, right. and um, so if they can find porn that they like to watch together and there's some female produced porn including erica lust Mm -hmm. uh where there's a little more of a plot and and she uses real couples Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. whenever possible and um so there it's a little more about the relationship and sex and hot sex than, than a lot of the pure male porn is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. If porn can have, then some couples will stop and say, oh, maybe they'll stop the, 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 the film. Right. And say, maybe we'd like to try that sometime. Or no, no, I wouldn't, don't want to try that at all. <laughs> right. So now you, chapter three is mindful, be mindful about sex. Just, uh, just briefly uh, talk about, a little bit about what, what that really means. Yes. Well, Mindfulness is really important uh, to be in the moment. Um, and in fact, one of the most useful ways to keep ch- stress in check 
is to, is to stay in the present moment. So rather than to go down a dark hole, back okay. to the rabbit hole again, okay. of all the terrible things that can go wrong, like if someone I love gets sick, um, is to name what's true right now, in mm. this moment. Mm -hmm. In this moment, my family and friends are healthy. Mm -hmm. So if you take control of your thoughts, rather than allowing your mind to send you into a tailspin, it can be very, very useful in managing stress. Um, and mindfulness also means paying attention during sex. Which, of course, is a, that's a whole topic right there. That 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 it's, it, it, it's huge. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's huge. A, and we need we're talking to Dr. Diana Wiley in, in her new book called "Love in the Time of Corona: Advice from a Sex Therapist for Couples in Quarantine." We've we're I'm we're I'm moving a little slowly, but we're, next we're going to go to Chapter Four: Use Touch to Relieve Stress. It's a beautiful chapter, so please stay with us. We'll be back with you in just a moment. And welcome back to Health Matters, Dr. Ned Hope today, joined by Dr. Diana Wiley, Dr. Diana, uh, and her new book called Love in the Time of Corona, Advice from a Sexual Therapist, Sex Therapist, I meant to say, in couples, for couples in quarantine. So, Dr. Diana, again, please give us the website for our listeners' benefit. Yes, it's DearDrDiana.com. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Okay. And just say, again, just for our listeners who maybe weren't tuned in before, what are they going to find there? Well, they're, they're going to find uh, some advice because mm -hmm. it's an advice column. Okay. And uh, so people write in questions that uh, are sex questions, relationship questions, but with the overlay of what's going on with the pandemic. Right. -o. And right -o. Uh, so there's a lot of information. And we haven't done it yet. My husband's on the team, so when I say we, right. I mean Brian, my husband, because I'm not very tech-savvy. Okay. But we're about to put on that site uh, the um, sex menu exercise. Good. Where people can download it for free. Good. If, if they don't want to get the book, of course, I want them to get the book. <laughs> of course. But they can... See, you know, so there's a lot of things that information you can get there. Right, exactly. That's that's what I was hoping you'd say. So now, yes. a very interesting chapter called "Use Touch to Relieve Stress." And and Dr. Diane, I'll tell you why this this matters to me as much as it does. I'm a acupuncturist and a physical therapist as well. Um, and I, but I started my my healthcare work in in the body therapy area. I was an Esalen person, and I. I did the psychophysical therapy and so on. So I, I gained a lot of experience in this in the late sixties and early seventies in terms of with hands on care. And yes. what and, and, and I I worked with Ida Rolf and all kinds of interesting people. But what I found was that I found in in my own practice now as an acupuncturist and an oriental medical doctor, um, a lot of my clients come to me for the touch, actually, and it for yes. and for and for years and years it used to just kind of bother me. I thought that, I thought that coming for touch made me it made me a gigolo or something, but I, I it took me years to get over it took me years to get over that. But that people want to be touched in a certain kind of way, in a certain therapeutic way, and that's a, actually a beautiful thing. But it, I'm just sort of admitting it took me years to kind of, not be troubled about it, that, that, that people were so drawn to touch. And what you do here in Chapter 4 is you really give us some 
a very a good deep look at why touch is so important. So forgive me for editorializing so much there, but I... Oh, no, I'm so glad to know this about you. Yeah. Because... And so you know, and, you know, there's a parallel uh, that I've, I've said for years, little old ladies often go to get their hair done a lot because when they get their head shampooed, right. it's a legitimate way to be touched. Exactly. And you know that uh, the, the whole thing about failure to thrive, which mm-hmm. was discovered in World War II when, in the orphanages in Germany where they, they did not have enough uh, personnel to hold the babies. They mm-hmm. could keep the babies alive, mm-hmm. but, they, but, just, but if they didn't hold them and touch them, then these babies often died, even though they had nutrients. Wow. So this is a time more than ever for comforting touch, mm-hmm. the touch, the touch of love. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, but then there are also sexual and non-sexual touching. Mm-hmm. So, we, so a couple needs to talk about what they want. Um, like during the day, there can be lots of ways to be demonstrative and um, uh, to be affectionate. And it doesn't have to be sexual. Uh, it can be a little teasing, perhaps. Um, you know, years ago, I was privileged to meet and be on a panel talking about aging and sexuality, because in the early 90s in Palo Alto with Dr. Walter Bortz, I did studies on aging and sexuality, mm-hmm. um, including at the Palo Alto Senior Center, which is a lot of really educated people there because, you know, it's where Stanford is and all that. Sure. So, so uh, Dr. Bortz and I did these studies and they were later published in medical journals. So uh, th- that's why I get to call myself a gerontologist. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've, we just simply, we will die if we don't have enough touch and, and, and including anyway, uh, I go back to Dr. Masters. So, he said one of the best ways you can give sex education to your child is if that child can witness that daddy comes up behind mommy and puts his arms around her. She's at the stove cooking. He puts his arms around her and maybe even pats her butt. And the child can see that this is affection, mm. that their, their parents really like each other. Mm. And, um, and that's why I also suggest which this can become a family thing, the seven-second kiss and the 15-second hug. That's a cute one. And, I, 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 I enjoyed reading about that. Yeah, share, share that with us if you would. Yes. And thank you, Ned, for actually reading the book. <laughs> it's such a pleasure to... You know, I have my own radio show, and I always do my homework right. before I interview someone, but that's not true across the board Absolutely, uh, with radio hosts. So thank you for reading it. Sure. Uh, the seven-second uh, kiss and 15-second hug, it's long enough to get some oxytocin going. Right. And you might do this uh, when if you're one, of, one of you goes leaves the house for work. Uh, so when that person comes back, when leaves and then comes back, you might do that, uh, the seven-second kiss and the 15-second hug. 15-second hug. Um, well, sometimes children, if you've got children at home, uh, 
And by the way, some of these exercises are so much more difficult if you do. This is targeted a little more for the, say, 45-year-olds and up right. whose children may be launched mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just because you have more privacy to do these things. But anyway, right. I've heard stories of couples doing this, and their children want to get involved. They're so happy to see their parents be affectionate. So it ends up being a family hug. Mm-hmm. Isn't that sweet? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, another thing, you, you write what you write about a conscious approach to touch, and I guess— I guess that the the particulars of that are important enough. It seems to me to to, dis, to discriminate between, of course, the sexual and non non sexual and so on. So, the, the the highlights that you that I that I've got here laid in front of me here that respecting boundaries, giving feedback, expressing affection, scheduling times, and so on. So, uh, then you go into sexual touch exercises, and so. Again, this is going to be unfamiliar for a lot of people because they're used to the, the sort of the slap on the butt of the wife at the at the stove kind of thing. They're used to that, but the, 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 as you get further into the, the communication desirability of, of being really conscious about your touching, then you, you get into some real details. And that, of course, you're, this, this, the... Uh, the uh, Seven-second kiss and the 15-second the hug, of course, d- does some of that. Um, and yet, I guess what, I, what am I I'm trying to—I'm not sure quite where I'm trying to go here, but it seems like—well, uh, let's maybe go on to the next, what's called the full-body caressing exercise. Maybe that would be a good place to, 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 to go to next. Tell us about Full what— Full-body caressing, yes. So— um also could be called, and I often have called it through the years, sensate focus. I mm-hmm. give couples sensate focus homework. Mm-hmm. And sensate focus was a term that Masters and Johnson came up with mm-hmm. because they felt that too many people were too genitally focused. Mm-hmm. Just focused on their genitals. They go right for their genitals. Right. And and th- so I have to tell you this story because it fits in so well please, here. Please, please. I have a... I lived in Los Angeles um, and worked at UCLA's Female Sexual Medicine Center, but I was living there uh, before I moved to Seattle um, mm-hmm. 11 years ago. Mm. And while I was there, I had a really good friend, an older gentleman, uh, and now he's 95, mm-hmm. and he is still sexually active with his partner of about 12 years. Mm. They live together. Mm-hmm. She's younger, but not a lot. <laughs> and <laughs> so I sent, I sent my friend, uh, and he's a worldly man. He has a, his mother was very well known, of course, no names here, right. but, um, but a very intelligent, lovely, artistic man. Mm-hmm. And um, so he wrote to me after, after reading the book and he and his partner did the full body caressing exercises and he said they did stage one there and they were looking forward to doing stage two it's four stages mm-hmm. and he said i always thought that i had to have my genitals stimulated first right uh, and he said i discovered that i just had so much pleasure and joy out wow. of being touched wow. in other parts of my body wow. and then he said because he started being sexually active at age 15, mm. so that was 80 years ago, mm-hmm. he said, 
if only I'd had your book, <laughs> I would have I would have had many fewer years of sexual frustration. Mm-hmm. Now that was a testimonial. Absolutely. But and it also tells you it's never too late mm. to discover new things mm-hmm. and t- and making these sorts of touching discoveries and mm-hmm. sexual discoveries are very exciting and they of course reduce our stress and help us feel closer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you 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 break it down so that the the reader if if they if they're going to follow your directions at all and 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 of course if they're reading it together with their partner then instead of it being some kind of spontaneous mystery thing, what kind of whatever happens, this is very orchestrated. And I think that the 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 part that may trouble some readers is that is the the sense of the level of orchestration. So with just a couple of minutes that we have left, um, yes. let's let's say a good word about orchestration and kind of how significantly that's important in terms of your perspective in terms of how to make this all work. Well, there are many things, and we've already touched a little bit on some of them, right. uh, that uh, that we we need to have the structure, put sex on the calendar, right. um, and develop a plan, talk about it, uh, all of that. Um, but if we are, if we've decided to, in our talk, to try something new, there are lots of benefits of novelty, because dopamine the hormone of arousal needs novelty. That's why in the beginning of our relationships, usually we can't keep our hands off each other. Everything is new. Uh, we just, we, uh, we've caught all this dopamine surging mm-hmm. and testosterone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, trying something new and you'll, you'll feel the benefits. There are a lot of choices. And you can do the baby steps, and in the process, you can overcome fears. So, yeah, and 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 go, go, jumping right ahead to laughter and play together. The 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 the, the, the it begins that the, the chapter begins with a quote from Milton Berle: "Laughter is an instant <laughs> vacation," which I thought that was a that was a wonderful wonderful way to start that chapter. Well. Diana Wiley, what a treat to have you, and, uh, and this is a, a real, a real contribution to, to those of us who are, you know, stuck at home. A lot of us, and even though we're kind of coming out slowly and slow, there's still a lot here. Even so, even though as you as you write in this book, there, are, even if the even if people read this book after the pandemic, even that there's a lot here for for everybody. So. Uh, we, we appreciate you taking the time for us, and we wish you every bit of success with this uh, lovely pub- publication. So thank you for joining well, us today. thank you for, for talking to me about it and being so enthusiastic yourself. I, I'm very appreciative, and there's a whole chapter on expressing gratitude. I'm expressing it genuinely to you now. Thank you so much, okay. Dr. Ned. Okay, Diana. Be well. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Now.